I am. I am. I am swinging from a seven-story window, throwing parties in a ten by seven cell. It's astounding the lengths I'll go to convince the whole damn world I don't need anybody's help. Yeah, I am waving while I drown. Don't bother swimming out to save me. I will only drag you down. I'll try to use your body as a life raft. 'Cause if there's room enough for one, there must be room enough for two. I'll sail the good ship you into the sunset, sipping on savory waters till my liver turns blue. Put down your pens, put down your pencils, step away from the keyboard, and settle in for another bout of writer's block. First and foremost, let me thank Low Tide Kava Bar for the kava that I drink on this and every episode of the writer's block. Ooh. Ooh. Also, thank you to Muddied Waters Media for allowing me to do this show, and thank you to Don and Sally Wright for giving birth to me oh so long ago. That was the greatest decision you've ever made. Um... <laughs> Um, I actually have somebody in the studio, which isn't all that weird because usually somebody's sitting in that seat most of the time. Um, but, uh, Adam Freeman, welcome back to Muddied Waters. Yeah. Yeah. This it's is, been some time. Huh? Yeah. You're going to need to get a lot closer to that. Uh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, it has been, uh, one year since you were last on. One year. One year. Since I was last on since you were or last since on. the first time. No, it's been like. Two and a half? Well, since the first time you were mentioned? No, since the first time I was on it. Weren't you only on one? Two? Were you? I think so. Huh. Pretty sure. It's been one year since the last one. Okay. <laughs> we'll take it. I, I absolutely know it's been one year since the last one. Facebook memory? No. Okay. Personal. Okay. Yeah. They, that's how important that show was to me. It makes a lot of sense. I'm a pretty important person. So, you know, to be able to just anchor something like that into your life right. would make a lot of sense. <laughs> um, and when we had you on last time, uh, back when you were on the Muddied Waters of Freedom, you were talking about proper ways to communicate within the Libertarian Party. Yep. Uh, communication in general is uh, really my specialty, something I've dedicated my life to. So 
Um, with that, we didn't really get into a lot of specifics or depth in that episode because it was just kind of a general overview. Right. Um, one of the, the main things that we did talk about was NLP, um, yes. which is one of the coolest things and most well-known, I'd say, in communication in general. And, you know, what's actually pretty funny about that is when I was, uh, I was last week, I was doing a, a live stream with Spike while we were testing out new equipment. And I mentioned, I teased that we were going to be talking about NLP, yeah. and he didn't know what that was. Really? So then I talked about NLP a little bit. And for anybody who doesn't know, what I told Spike was the best video I've ever seen on NLP that's really entertaining is the Darren Brown video. Oh, that one's really good. I like the BMX one, too. That's the one. Is it? Yeah, Darren okay. Brown oh. with... Um, Simon Pegg. Yeah, Simon Pegg. That's how that's how I always associate that right. one. Right. Yeah. Darren Brown's the guy that's doing it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And he he's like he hasn't come in. It's Christmas time. Yeah, it's close to Christmas. It's definitely a holiday season towards the end of the year. He comes in, um, and he, I don't know I think I don't know the pretense of it, I don't recall it, but they're talking about, you know, what gifts he would like to get for himself, you know, what he would want. And essentially Brown implants exactly what he wants to into Peg's mind. Right. So before before the episode starts, he had called Simon Pegg up and he had said, I want you to write down on an envelope, put it in an envelope and seal it, what you want for Christmas. Right. And then Brown uh, implants what he wants and he's like, what did you write down? He forgets completely what he wrote down initially because he changed his mind, but he didn't realize that he changed his mind because it was implanted into him by Brown. Right. Yeah. Right. And he wanted, I believe it was a leather jacket is what he had written down. And he ended up um, getting... It was a BMX he, bike. He yeah. ended up with a BMX bike. And they brought it in and everything. And he was like so excited. He was and so excited. And he, he was like, I wrote down a BMX bike. And he was like... And they bring out a BMX bike, and he's all happy. And he goes, okay, now open up the envelope. It's a leather jacket. And leather jacket. <laughs> and he's like, no, I remember writing down BMX bike. So just, and then when they show how he does it, when it, like, he was like, uh, I'm trying to remember the way he phrased it. It was something like, maybe MX box. Yeah, absolutely. So that's, that's the thing. So with, NLP, it's all about the patterns and aspect of it. First off, NLP is really, it's just the study of language patterns um, and how our brain reacts to that. So everybody already does stuff like this and uses these techniques uh, throughout our everyday life. I mean, it's just, it's just second nature for us. But the study of it allows you to do it more purposefully, right? So then you can understand what you're doing, how you're reacting to specific things. And then you can start to use that to your advantage if you want to manipulate people, if you're some sort of cynical person, um, or if you want to influence and, and help people better understand what you're trying to communicate as well as other options. And why was it that you first started learning about NLP? Well, I think I, I initially... <laughs> was it for the manipulation or was it for the learning aspect? Well, combination. Yeah, that makes yeah. sense. That's a safe answer. Yeah, that, yeah. <laughs> yeah I, um, so when I first started learning about NLP was when I read the book The Game yep. by um I cannot I would remember, never recall I cannot that. remember that guy's name. Uh it's the Underground Society the Secret Underground Society of Pickup Artists. Yeah. Um and he was they were talking about the game and I remember talking to somebody about it and they said that that was what they considered black magic back in the old days because you were convincing people you were like Using your words, you were getting people to do things they would normally never do. 
I could see that. I, I hadn't heard that before. Yeah, but. I'd heard. I don't know how accurate that was. Mm-hmm. That guy liked to make up a lot of stuff, but it's a fun anecdote. Yeah. <laughs> I still tell to this day. Um, but after that, I got really interested in it, and then it just kind of died off because it was a lot of work to try to learn how to do it. Yeah, I mean, like I said in the beginning, I've really kind of dedicated my life to this and communication in general, but it's it's more of a fascination and, and career choice um, being in sales. Um, and realistically, once you do that, you just kind of go down this path and then you look back and realize how much that you've learned. It's not it's not something that you just one day like, okay, I just picked this up. I read one book and now I know right. all the, everything that I know. But Yeah, yeah. Um... Another so Darren Brown, who is a master at NLP, yeah. he's got a couple of different specials where he he's like they're like magician specials, I guess, like stand up magician. Yeah, I was gonna say co- comedian kind of thing, just yeah. like live shows. Yeah, where he do, he just does the example of it. Right, and he's got one, and he's trying to get the audience to say whatever he has already written down, but he's not showing them, and so he's like, and I he's like whether you. Talk about somebody like Marilyn Monroe or uh, Mickey Mantle or, you know, same same uh, first initials right. are fine. And in my head, I went, he's going for Mickey Mouse. Right. Like, and he was just implanting all of these things. And I was able to pick out what he wanted him to say based on what he was saying. And that was when I was like, okay, I'm starting to understand how it works. And then whatever the third one was, I was like, I got no clue how he did that one. Yeah, there's a lot of really interesting steps that go into it. Um, like one of them, for for instance, is like the anchoring technique. And there's physical anchors, there's mental anchors. But whenever he's going through and he's just stating the things, basically limiting your options, right? right? By saying all these people with M and same initials, he's only allowing you your subconscious to hear that, right? So you're just you're limiting yourself to what options are available to you. And then you start drawing conclusions and your subconscious starts talking to your conscious mind and it's only telling it, you know, a percentage of what the, the real options are. And then so your, your, your just logical choice is gonna be that. So that's, that's the anchoring kind of technique and limiting choice aspect of it. Right. Um, so. <laughs> yeah, might have that one wrong. Yeah, yeah actually, it's like but, I think yeah, it's backwards. Yeah, yeah. Um, so. For anybody who doesn't know what Adam does besides being a communications expert, he he's, he tells me he's a great salesperson. <laughs> that's though, basically half the battle. Right. <laughs> I mean, he, he tells me he's a great salesperson, even though when I was in Alaska, I was in Alaska with Adam. Yeah. And I made more sales than him. He made one bigger one. You have one bigger one? <laughs> that's the way you're going to phrase it, though? Is that not an accurate phrasing? Yeah. That's not how I would put it, being a salesman. That doesn't really sell it. Right, but I mean, I still made more sales is the way. Fair. And you... I'll give it to you. I wasn't there as long as you, though, either. That's true. That's true. I still made more sales than you in the time period you were. Yeah, true. Including charms? No, not including <laughs> charms. One of the things we could sell were charms for 10 bucks, and he was the king. He, got, he sold it was the it. highest percent. It was well, the highest. I, I mean... Yeah. I got yelled at for selling charms. Brandon said that they took those away, actually. They're, they no longer get commission on it. Oh, really? Yeah. Huh. Yeah, I would definitely stop trying to sell that. Yeah. Huh. I'd oh. like to think that it's because I sold so many. <laughs> <laughs> and then they saw that that's not a really good strategy long term for their business. Right. Better for my pocket, but. Right. Absolutely. <laughs> that's funny that they got rid of that. That company was awful. Um, if you guys want to know anything about that company, go back to uh, the Muddied Waters 
of Freedom, episode 68, called Matt's Back. Uh, yeah. And I talk about that company in grave detail. Um, but yeah, it was an awful company. I hated working for it. <laughs> just, just bash the shit. <laughs> I said, I know I'm a libertarian and I hate government intervention, but I either want to get rid of government intervention on diamonds coming into the country so that way it'll hurt their business right. or make it harder for them to come in. So That's that way- fair. <laughs> I see your point based on who we're talking about here. but right. <laughs> That company, I have not had that much anger toward one company ever. I mean, I can't say that I have either. I mean, it's just really, really poorly ran. They did not have good communication. No, they had very poor communication. <laughs> On all fronts. Yes. With each other, to customers. All across yeah. the board, bad communication. Um, so when somebody starts looking at NLP, if they're trying to learn how to do it, yeah. what, how would you recommend somebody start? Insert list of awesome resources. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Had I done any show prep, I would have. But, right. Um, there's all kinds of books and and. Um, courses online and in person and trainings. Uh, I mean, you could just, you could become an NLP practitioner way easier than actually becoming, or than actually understanding NLP. So it's just, there's like online courses and stuff that you could take. Anybody, anytime I've ever seen somebody that is a certified NLP practitioner, I don't really hold much merit to that. Not nothing against the person or, or, any establishment that gave them that it's just it's more than just the certificate right right but it's a good place to start you know what i mean if if you understand that that's not the end goal right um so when you're so when you're working on sales mm-hmm. obviously you're probably using a little bit of the nlp like in in my very short stint of selling diamonds and other jewelry <laughs> yeah uh there were some things that they taught me like the reason that in every watch uh commercial like the watches are set to 1011 somewhere between 1008 and 1011 right uh one it frames it frames the logo of the watch and it makes it look like the watch is smiling and that the date is always set to the 8th I didn't know that about the date always being set to date. I didn't. I didn't catch that training on watches. <laughs> uh, yeah. So yeah, that's what well, you left. <laughs> um, uh, it's always set to eight because Asian countries consider eight to be a magic number. Yeah, I was going to assume that it had something to do with that. That's it's that stuff like that is really less about NLP and more about um, the perception aspect of, of advertising and what we see. It's subliminal, <laughs> yeah, subliminal, subliminal advertising, yeah. subliminal messaging. And, but NLP essentially is just subliminal messaging. To ourselves, though. Think of it, you got to think of it as internal talk. So neuro-linguistic programming just essentially is the association that what we think and what are like the neuropathways and how we react to things are associated with what we say and the bridge goes both ways. And then um, that's also tied to the fact that it can change. So you could use NLP to better understand how you communicate with other people. You could use NLP techniques to better understand how um, other people communicate with you. So you could hear like multiple things. You get to talk to them on a, on a different level, right? right? So whenever I talk to people or whenever I interact with people in general, I'm not, it's not just face value. There's like multiple layers to the conversation that we're having. There's multiple layers to the message that I'm sending and multiple layers to the message that I'm receiving. So it's about kind of decoding all that and understanding that it can change. Okay. Yeah. So it's, it's all self-talk. It's not just about changing somebody else's mind. 
It's just what happens in humans innately. So once you start doing that purposefully, then you can play with it. Okay. So while we all use NLP in our day-to-day without realizing right. it, once you learn the specifics of using NLP, you can use those in order to... Accomplish stuff. Sure. <laughs> play with it is the way I like to say right. it because you can do really a, a plethora of things. You know, If it is sales-related... You could communicate better messaging, or let's say relationship-wise, you could tell how you feel. You know, what I mean, you could actually communicate that. You could talk about, um, you could hear how they feel. You can hear what they really mean versus what they're actually saying. You right. know what I mean? So it's a little, it's deeper than, or it's it's more so than just manipulation or um, persuading somebody to do something. It also helps with understanding. Okay, man. But all yeah. our options. <laughs> I- I should have gone in it for the understanding and uh, the understanding aspect of it to try to learn more about what they're actually feeling instead of the manipulation aspect. Uh, I feel like that comes after. Uh, so, yeah, <laughs> that's fair. Yeah. Didn't lead with that one. No. Yeah. <laughs> um, so when so when you're using NLP and like so I know that you've given lots of talks in front of people. Yeah. And like you've told me a little bit about it. Uh, like I know you say, and I may get this wrong, like when you're giving a speech and you're talking about where they are now compared to the future, you always walk from the left to the right of the stage. So that's the physical aspect of it too, which kind of blurs the line between the language and what you're actually doing. But, uh, that's part of the anchoring though, right? Um, yeah, absolutely. So in that case, whenever you're talking about like negative things on stage, being on us on the, the left side of the stage, um, always or pointing to that side associates that side with negative things versus your product being on the right side. Um, and then all the positive stuff you're associating, all that positive talk and positive anchoring to your product. Okay. Yeah. So you could step into either one of these and there's no, there's no real good or bad, you know, it's not negative or positive. You could use positive or negative things to help your help people understand what you're trying to convey too. So, one of the things that, one of the few NLP techniques that I know is like if I'm complimenting you and I'm telling you that you're intelligent. Yep. Um, I like it. Yeah. <laughs> it wins. Like if I like stroke my very poor excuse for a goatee, right? If I like do that. And then every time I compliment you, I do that and you see it. Eventually, it anchors in your brain that when I do this. Yeah, that you associate that action with that feeling in their mind. Right. Yeah, so it, it could be it could be anything. Right. Along from touching them on the shoulder, which is a good example of what Brown does to peg multiple times throughout yeah. that. So that's anchoring specific words, emotions, you know, feelings, different things to different actions. So your subconscious associates the reality around you with, with it just takes a bunch of data in and then associates it with itself and then kind of manifests in your conscious mind what is. So if you change that, you could start to manipulate the way that things are perceived. So if you change to where every time I tap this or every time I snap and, and I say, you know, happy, then you could manipulate yourself or others to feel that emotion or something like that. Sort of like a Pavlov's dog. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Gotcha. Now, so... What kind of techniques do you use when you're using NLP, like for the, just the linguistic portion of it? So when you're giving a talk to some to a group of people, like not many people know this about him, and I'm not even 100 percent sure it's true. 
allegedly he gave a talk in Nashville and before Rand oh, Paul yeah. took the stage. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> I think he may have been using NLP on me just so I would like him at the beginning when I first met him. <laughs> no, true, true. You could probably look up somewhere the like the program or something for the event itself. Right. Stan's Baron Associates um, in Nashville 2011-ish, 2010. Don't remember exactly. You weren't drinking though, so it couldn't have been then. I don't remember if I was drinking in Nashville or not though, during that time. Uh, I thought you told me you weren't, so because that's when you were trying to figure out the date. Oh yeah, yeah no, I, yeah I wasn't I wasn't drinking then, but it was, I don't remember exactly when it was, but it happened. <laughs> <laughs> um, like the techniques. There's where the, the entire story falls apart. I don't remember when it happened. I mean, we could go into deeper <laughs> detail on it. I imagine I could get there, but I'm not storing that kind of stuff for recall memory. I get it. Yeah. <laughs> don't need it. Um, but things in aspects of like borrowing credibility, um, that's an, another technique that I actually did in that, but asking for, and I did this regardless of who it is. Um, it, cause I don't like to, I don't do a lot of self promotion. Um, I'm young and that time <laughs> getting older now, but <clears throat> to where there's not a lot of recognition for me whenever I go into a cold environment. Um, so taking recognition for, or borrowing it from other people is a very fantastic tactic such as going on stage after somebody else and, you know, can I get a round of applause for Rand Paul? Yeah, keep it going, keep it going. And then just be, I love to do that because I pretend you guys are clapping for me. It's standing where he was, where I pointed, all of that, all of the actions doing during that, now in their minds, subconsciously, I have the same perceived value as Rand Paul. Right. So that, that's one of the techniques. That's also an anchoring one. But there's a lot of other ones, uh, future pacing, really framing people for the experience or framing yourself for the experience that you're about to have. So in a moment, I'm going to share with you X, Y, Z. So now you expect X, Y, Z. Right. That's the bare, like a basic example of that. Okay. Yeah. So it's just kind of like, I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to promise you this gift, but you're going to have to wait. Yeah. Cause that way they're going to have same to... thing like in movie trailers and, um, and, and commercials and things like that in series, specifically like TV series the season finale or the end of the episode always makes you want to watch the next one right? because it's this big cliffhanger that leaves you just wanting more. And I think you call that open looping. Mm -hmm. um, you got it. Right. <laughs> uh, yeah. So open looping. Uh, if you've ever watched an episode of Twin Peaks, for those of you who are watching slash listening, uh, every episode ends with an open loop where it's like you need to know what happens next week. Um, same thing with uh, Lost, Breaking Bad. Most of them are obviously the most successful TV series ever. All of them are going to do it. Right. Uh, I mean, that's just, it's, it's a common known thing in like storytelling. Whenever you're writing a book, I imagine you probably know this. You're telling a story. It's always about like the end of the chapter is always a, something to keep it progressing. It's just a progression. I'd probably be a better yeah. writer if I used that tactic. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but... Yeah, I mean, I, I do understand that where it's like um, Dan, Dan Brown, who wrote Da Vinci Code. Yeah. Uh, Angels and Demons, Da Vinci Code, the entire that Robert Langdon series. Every chapter ends with... Like, what the, what yeah. the heck's going to happen next? Right. <laughs> and each chapter is only two and a half pages long, so you're like, oh, I can read one chapter, and then you end up reading... Same thing with Netflix. You binge through a whole freaking series because now... That feeling used to be used purposefully in advertisement, right? So you stay and watch, wait through the commercials, and then pick up 
on the next episode. You know, the, you ever notice whenever you're watching something on TV, maybe not so much now, but um, like 10 years ago, you'd watch a series or an episode of something on TV. And then as it goes through, it cuts to commercial right before the best part. Right. Because they don't want you to go anywhere. Right. You know, they want you to stay there and, and listen to the commercials, obviously, because they paid good money for it. <laughs> well, the commercials paid good money and yeah. you should be there. But yeah, so yeah, it was like every seven and a half minutes, you would get that one moment. Like, so as you know, I, I love the show Scrubs. And yeah. I know pretty much every commercial break in Scrubs. I believe it. You <laughs> might even be able to cite them. I, I probably could. <laughs> but it's like, uh, you'll have one in season season seven of it where uh, one of the nurses die. Um, it happens. Nurse, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nurse Roberts. Um, for anybody who hasn't seen it, sorry, that show's been off the air for like 10 years. Uh, Spoiler alert. <laughs> uh, when Nurse Roberts dies, like they're going through the beginning of that episode and then right before the first commercial break, um, right before the first commercial break, it was like, she's in a coma. And then it just goes straight to a commercial break. And it's like, wait, what? That, that just reminded me of the most exaggerated example of it is soap operas. Yeah. That's like, and that, you see a lot of um, shows like uh, Family Guy, or not Family Guy, um, um, I forget, one of the animated ones <laughs> um, that, that was did a really good job. They always made fun of the soap operas. Like it happened multiple times throughout it. Don't recall what it was. It's useless information right now. <laughs> <laughs> but it happened. Fair. Uh Man, now I'm so curious on what that animated show is, because I've seen all of them. I want to say it was The Simpsons, but that's there's too much that happens on there for them to multiple right. times make fun of the soap opera. It's right, got to yeah, be a worse show than that. Yeah, it would have to be something that did not last as long mm-hmm. as The Simpsons. Which on. would make sense is why I can't remember it, because right. it was forgettable. Yeah, that also makes it very... <laughs> Do this, it's very forgettable. Yeah. Um, um, so... A lot of the people that watch us, listen to us, are primarily younger than both of us. And it's sad to hear. Is it? Yeah, I'm getting older, man. It gets, well, <laughs> that too. But, I mean, it gives me hope for the future. Fair. Uh, I wasn't listening to shows like this whenever I was younger than me. No? My main demographic is 18 to 25. <laughs> Not even close. <laughs> no, I mean, that's my dating range. <laughs> but... <laughs> That's my dating range, but I mean, you know. Outside that. Outside that, I'm out of that range. Um, But a lot of them have hopes of having a career in politics. Okay. Not just doing the stupid stuff that, you know, I do on Muddy Waters Media. Right. um, Or the stuff that Spike does on My Fellow Americans. It's, you know, the actual political work. Campaigning? Campaigning. That works too. Okay. Um, for them, when when they're up there giving their stump speeches and they're doing their uh, campaigning and all of that, what would you recommend that they utilize for to keep the audience to keep the audience engaged? Like some simple one-offs. What should they utilize and what should they avoid? The biggest one for engagement is going to be the open looping tactic, to where you're always. Um, you know, in a moment, you all get into some of my plans or whatever politically. I don't know much about politics, so it's challenging to say the specifics. But using the, the open looping techniques is is the biggest key to engagement. Because, again, its purpose is to keep people involved and, and, and interested and in paying attention throughout the, the speech. 
Um, so another thing I would probably say it's not necessarily um, a tactic for NLP, but just anytime you're doing a speech in general, if uh, you have the option or make the option to get out from behind the um, podium, yeah, the podium, do it. I mean, you've got to you, you don't want any barriers between you and your audience. Um, a lot of people stay behind it because they're scared because they have the insecurities and the fear of public speaking. Um, but it really just prevents you from opening up and your audience from opening up fully too. Right. And one of one of the best speakers that I have seen, even though I don't agree with him on everything, is uh, this guy Charlie Kirk from Turning Point USA. Yeah, I didn't think so. No clue. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, he never talks behind a podium, ever. And he uses the entire stage. And yeah. actually... I probably wouldn't have even realized how good of a speaker he was until after talking with you about this stuff because he utilizes the stage. He will use his hands to point in a direction when he's moving forward and he's talking about the future. Right. He he does all of these things that I've heard you talk to me right. about. Um, and it's, abs- it, it's incredible to watch him. And he's such a dynamic speaker that even though I don't agree with him on everything... You still listen. I still, I still, I will listen. I, I hang on every word. And more so you hear, too. You know right. what I mean? Like, you understand his points. He, um, you know about the hashtag Matandis? No? Absolutely no clue. No clue. This is the, uh, the internet campaign to get me and Candace Owens to go out on one date. Okay. Hashtag Matandis. Okay. There's Makes rumor sense. That, right. There's a rumor that she and Charlie Kirk are together, so I'm trying to subtly... Right, play... Take him down a notch. <laughs> yeah. Show his tricks. And then take his place. Right. Fair. Absolutely. Even though I cannot talk on stage the way that he does. Oh, you could. Yeah, eventually. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so besides just standing behind the podium, anything else that they need to avoid? I know that you want to make eye contact. <clears throat> yeah, with... I mean, look look around. Don't be, don't be separated. Be connected. Um, don't shy away from what the things that make you human and your language patterns. Uh, not popular belief um, as from scholars, but the ums, the pauses, the uhs, all of those things add dynamic to your communication. So by doing the, by taking those away, you become less human. Um, and it just it's if you want to be graded on your perfection of, of speech then that's fine. But politically, you're talking to everybody and you have to speak everybody's language versus, you know, just the proper way to say it. Right. Which is why I've never tried to cut out the ums, uhs, and likes that I throw into the show. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It has absolutely nothing to do with the fact that I have no idea what's coming out of my mouth next. <laughs> <laughs> See, it's, it's fun once you start to study because then you could use them more tactfully and then really truly understand like the pace of everything that you're saying your pacing, your delivery, your attention to tonality, because all of that influences, I mean, by a large margin, it all plays a big role in of itself. One thing, though, if you just focus on any one of them, you'll still see pretty good results in communication. Right. Um, man, I had a question, and it just left my mind right there. What was the question? Yep. What was that question? <laughs> Um. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Good question. Yeah, I like that one. That's yeah. a good one. Uh, <laughs> as far as stand-up comedians go, <laughs> Mike Birbiglia 
you said uses a lot of NLP in his. I don't. I'm having trouble putting the face in him. Is that the guy that did the most recently? Had like this crazy introduction and had like concert music and stuff like that, entertainment built into it. No, that's Bo Burnham. Yeah, that guy, brilliant, like absolutely brilliant as far as the tactics and stuff that he uses. There's you could watch that his one of his shows and um, it, just see multiple layers of communication going on and influence. He opens the show, curtains reveal so, somebody sitting in a mic or sitting in a chair, holding a mic, spotlights on him, everybody's going wild and cheering, and that's not even him. Right. That's that's a, literally a guy that just gets up and walks away as he walks on stage. Yeah. So it's like he reveals a lot of the shady tactics that or the tactics that are being used shadily by doing them and like just making everybody aware. Right. Yeah, Mike uh, Mike Birbiglia was the one who he starts out by talking about a car accident that he gets into where he gets T-boned, which is the colon. Oh, yeah. And then he goes on to explain how I think that was called my girlfriend's boyfriend. And he ended up dating a girl in high school. Like, and he just kept going back to the story of the car accident. And then he go back to a story from when he was like older and then. Or when he was younger, and they go back to the car accident, and it all ties together at the end with, and every time he was talking in the present, he was sitting in a chair. Right. And then anytime he's talking, uh, anytime he was talking about the past, he was like walking around the stage. Yeah, that's uh, and that's like the perfect execution of it. I remember, I remember that set because like you see them and they're using it in, in a storytelling fashion, so they're they're really flexing it, if you will like to the extreme going through every every single practice and technique but they're they're doing it to the extreme in storytelling mode if you will right. because you're trying to take people along on a journey versus if you were just you know having a conversation with somebody I wouldn't be exaggerating every one of the techniques in order to do it, unless presumably there's some sort of manipulation <laughs> <laughs> unless I was trying to get you to do something for me right um yeah, it's like I watch, I watch Mike Birbiglia or Bo Burnham, right. and well, I mean Bo Burnham does jump into like songs and yeah, like his is his sprinkled or it's under the preface of entertainment, but it's like what he's actually delivering is so much more. What? Yeah, so he, he does an entire all of the worship of pop culture. He just rips that. Yeah. Out. Absolutely. And he just tears it down. Like, what he does, I think, is absolutely amazing. Um, but with with Mike Berbiglia, he gets me to feel things that I didn't know I had feelings yeah. for with the way he tells stories. That's the mark of a good story, right? Right. And, it, and that comes from the technique in which it's delivered. Right. Which, I mean... The storytellers of old told stories in order to teach people how to deal with certain situations right. better. Because if you were to, if you were to be, if a oh, long time ago you were attacked by a lion and you survived, and you were a good enough storyteller, and you could induce the same kind of fear into the people you're telling it to, they would then learn how to survive a lion attack. Right. Which that's how I feel with Mike Birbiglia. I totally stole that, man. I uh, that, I was like, that's fucking pretty good. Yeah, so. I, I totally stole that. I got to give uh, credit to uh, Matt Johnston of the Narcissist Cookbook for that one. Uh, Makes sense. Yeah, um, that's actually in one of his songs, um, <laughs> like almost word for word. It's good. It's true. <laughs> yeah. I like it. Makes um, sense. 
I've actually ripped that song off a couple of times on this show. I always give him credit, though. Great guy. Uh, thanks for letting me use your music, by the way. Uh, but, um, yeah, with Mike, the way that he tells these stories, like, I've never, well, I have been T-boned, but, and when I have dated people who have had boyfriends. So I guess I can really get along with a lot of what he's talking yeah. about. But he is able to get me to a point where, even though I'm laughing, on the outside, like on the inside, I'm kind of want to weep right. a little bit. It's this weird dichotomy that he is able to produce inside, and it's one of the most amazing things I've ever seen from a stand-up comedian. So one of the one of the techniques for for really changing that is reframing um, something that's taken our belief of something or our feeling of something and and changing it into something else. Um, so you could use anchoring to accomplish a version of that, but there's a whole section of NLP that's just about or a technique of NLP that's just about reframing to where you can do. And that's really actually pretty powerful for, you know, self-improvement and self-exploration is understanding how you view things and understanding again, that that can change. Right. Um, so as far as, as far as utilizing NLP, like just in the day to day, like I know that in relationships you've used it or at least attempted to depending on the relationship yeah um <laughs> i know way too much about his life um so you you've utilized it in relationships in order to try to help get to better communication better understanding right so in what way how do you do that without just asking a bunch of questions is probably the best way to phrase that it's more f not focusing on on using it against somebody or to somebody and more thinking about it and framing it as using it for yourself so as an example, whenever um, I'm in a relationship and my girlfriend will talk to me, right? She speaks to me. Most of the time, they're not always saying exactly what they mean. And, and every guy knows that. Right. You know what I mean? They can yeah. think of at least 10 specific situations in, in which that is an example. So it's about under, like on the fly and cognitively understanding what they said, decoding it to, you know, what they really, really meant. And there's only like a core, like a small set of data of core things that people really mean whenever they communicate. You know what I mean? It's not as much as our vast amount of words we have for language. There's really just communicating emotions and, and desires and wants. So that's it's pretty limited on what people really are saying in comparison to what they're actually saying. So for relationships, it's more so about you using it to listen better versus to project better okay. but also when you do use it the other way it's not to it's not the mean the manipulation side of it it's more so decoding what you're saying and speaking their language okay so when i was doing when i was doing real estate which was an awful experience for anybody who's never heard that story in my life um one of the things they taught us was to go three deep and so you'd ask a question and be like i need you know you'd, you'd find out what the people wanted in the house and they'd be like, okay, well, we need three and a half, you know, three bedrooms, uh, two and a half baths. And then you would want to find out the reasons behind everything right. because maybe they don't need three bedrooms. They need two bedrooms and an office or once versus needs. Right. Yeah. And, or even that they don't understand what it is that they're really looking for. Yeah. They don't, they don't, I mean, people in general have a hard time deciphering their own personal wants versus needs. Um, and, and it's, 
the more you dive into it, the, I mean, the easier it gets. You could use that same technique on yourself for decision making and processing and, and emotional understanding too. You know what I mean? It's like, okay, I feel angry. Why do I feel angry? What's making me feel angry? Is there any other option to this? You know, what can I do to stop it? You know, do, you could go infinitely deep right. into that, but it's just about analyzing things deeper. Okay. And so the, so from basically what I'm hearing, minus the manipulation side, which is really the side that's the most intriguing about NLP. <laughs> and that's how everybody sees it too, by the way. Whenever you talk about understanding NLP and start using tactics, if somebody is familiar with it, they feel... You know, if, if they have studied it extensively, then they know. But if they just went online and got an NLP practitioner's course, they feel like it's just a tool to manipulate others. And, right. and it's it's so much more than that. So the, the real key on NLP is not only being able to understand your audience, I guess, would be the best way to put it, whatever the audience is, whether it's one to 5,000. Right. Uh, but also to learn how to understand yourself and what you are feeling and how you are communicating that. Can you like read say that in a different way? The <laughs> NLP isn't just about uh, NLP isn't just about being able to manipulate somebody or people in general, but it is about getting an understanding of the individual, whether it's you or the person you're talking. Yeah, to. absolutely, and that's that's the thing because it's again. It, this nobody started really paying attention to this until the '70s, but we didn't start doing this in the 70s you know what i mean we've been doing it forever as humans and and everything that's just how our brain processes information so the study of it is called nlp the study of that action that happens we've just labeled it nlp okay. but it happens whether we realize it or want it to or or pay attention to it or not it's already happening but the the key is once you start paying attention to it then you start to understand it and then you could start again playing with it whether that's for good or bad <laughs> right and i'm certain that anybody that's listening or watching this will only use it for good or don't or don't i'm not here to judge <laughs> we're all libertarians here um so uh as you know last week i texted you i think it was last week um it took me a week to respond so it had to be two weeks ago <laughs> <laughs> now this one you actually responded to uh like within two days which was really amazing <laughs> Um, and I said, I need you on my show this week. Yep. And you said, does it have to be this week? And I was like, yeah, it does. And did you, you have no idea why, do you? No. No? That's great. You were on one year ago. Do you remember why you came on one year ago? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Congratulations, buddy. Thanks, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> Holy shit. So. Only reason I asked you on for this week. Uh, was because tomorrow, I think this is pre-recorded, so I think it's, yeah. I think it's tomorrow. Tomorrow for us. <laughs> yeah. Um, is uh, my four-year anniversary of not drinking. Yeah. Congratulations, yeah, man. man. I would have uh, spent more time on the, the self-care thing. Right. <laughs> <laughs> had I remembered, but and I'm a terrible sponsor, obviously. Yeah, awful sponsor. Like <laughs> The worst. The first six months, great. <laughs> slowly went downhill after that like he he held strong for a while and then at one point it was just kind of like just awful <laughs> almost got me to break a couple of times well i feel as though you testing my resolve really 
you know, strengthening you up. Right. Yeah. Getting me ready for the real yeah, world. Yeah. yeah. I'm not I'm, always going to be here, man. <laughs> One can only hope. Because um, I remember uh, right before I hit two years, I was reading a book called uh, Drinking, A Love Story. Great book for anybody who hasn't read it. Um, and it's about this woman's struggle with alcoholism. Right. And in it, there was a... In it, there's a, a... She includes a study. And it says that... 80% of men who quit drinking start drinking again before four years. Right. And I had a small little mental breakdown over that. Going, right. Am I in the 20%? Or right. Am I in the 80%? And then you said, do you want to last longer than me? Yeah. To change the framing of the right. situation because you're not focused on you're not focused on whether or not you can do it for X amount of time. Now you're focused on something completely unrelated not even the drinking aspect, but can you beat me? Right. You know, redirecting the phone. And then I said, well, that means you either have to start drinking again or die. And I don't want either of those two things yeah, to happen. It, but it's been a rough year. For you and came, you both. Came close, buddy. <laughs> came real close, yeah. buddy. So, came real close, buddy. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's this year was definitely the hardest year of my sobriety. By For sure. By light years. And I'm six years? You're six, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because you were at two years when I quit. Yeah. And uh, I think I met you when I was six months. Yeah. Three or six months? Six. It was during the summer I met you. Yeah. Because I was editing the book that... Is it done? That book? I mean, it's going through its third edit right now, and I'm waiting on Kevin Nelson... To, to redo the... To redo yeah. the cover. Um, for anybody who's wondering what we're talking about, I have a book coming out later this year. Fingers crossed. Later this year. Um, and the editor, actually, she finished her first pass on it. Mm -hmm. And she said that it is the best thing I've ever written. She hasn't read your newest one? She read that one, too. Oh. Yeah. Okay. She read that one, too. Um, she read that one, and she read the one that she's editing now, which is called Can You Keep a Secret, which is how we met. Um, and he couldn't. He told me all about I it. I did. I told him all about the book. Um... Yeah, the book, had, I, I had a, oh man, I thought I had it with me here. It's in the other room. But uh, I, I had this notebook, and on the front it said, can you keep a secret? And then I wrote, like, top secret all over it, and like, don't This looked it. like something you should never leave laying around, or if you see it, you shouldn't even look at it. Like, don't even glance at it. That's what this thing looked like. And he, he is sitting catty corner to me at this kava bar with this girl. And... <laughs> and uh, I'm just sitting there and I order I order some kava and I'm drinking it and I'm getting ready to start working on it and this arrogant looking guy just kind of leans over and goes, hey, can I ask you a question? Yeah, what's up? What's in the book? And I just started laughing incessantly because nobody else had actually had the balls to ask me what was in the book. For good reason. Again, you look at this thing, you didn't want to ask. But I don't always make the best decisions, and I fucking had to know. Mm -hmm. When I see something like that, fucking my framing of something like that is I got to know. I got to know. Yeah. That's like the uh, the button that was on that center column at work in Alaska. We <laughs> just wanted to know what happened if we... What if we push this? What if we push that Silent button? alarm? <laughs> Confetti? Don't know. Don't know. Could be anything. <laughs> Um, I never found out what that button was for. I'm disappointed. I know, me yeah. too. Me too. Somebody told me once what it was, but... It's got to be a silent alarm, right? They said it wasn't. 
they said they told me what it was and it was such a disappointing answer i actually blacked it out that's fair yeah. i don't even want to know anymore but i wanted to know what that button because did. the idea of what it is is going to be better than what it actually is right so you don't have to tell me i know you don't so have to remember. Like, i'm rooting for confetti or balloons the entire bottom of the store drops out fair <laughs> that's the kill switch that's the kill switch for the entire thing just the entire thing just goes down. The store is actually built like above the the shoreline, if you will. I guess. Yeah, it's above. It's above. It's above water <laughs> yeah. in Alaska. Yeah. And uh, I'm not saying that you should do this, but if you take a boat <laughs> underneath, you go about 20 yards in, 20 yards to the left, and you cut, you're gonna get the safe. Uh, <laughs> but if you do that, please don't reference the show. <laughs> I don't think they'll be referencing anything. <laughs> Probably not. Yeah. <laughs> I think they'll know immediately. They'll yeah. be like, Matt and Adam did this. Um, Fair. And then for anybody who also doesn't know, uh, he and I have a podcast that we don't... We do. We do. It's been a while. It's been since Alaska. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> since we did one. Um, and it's time that we do one again eventually. Very soon. We need, Very soon. We are Much well- sooner than this. <laughs> <laughs> We are well overdue for another road view, and uh, that is it's a it's a fantastic show, where we hang out in robes, glorious robes, glorious robes, Alaskan matching, robes, matching Alaskan robes, um, and smoke pipes, smoke pipes, tobacco, sure, and <laughs> tobacco, and we re- we review while wearing robes. So we call it robe views. Robe views. Anything that you request that we review, and all it costs, was it half a kilo? I think half a kilo. I think it was a full kilo, but we could probably... I I was going to say, we could definitely... We can lower that. We have coffee. Yeah. We're no Um, longer in Alaska. We're no longer in Alaska, so the price has gotten much lower. It's cut in half, really. Uh, 50% off today only. (laughs) Uh, 50% off for a uh, half a kilo of kava. We will review anything you want. And the list of things, we, we reviewed a person. Yep. We reviewed a kava bar. Yep. We a re- puzzle? A, a, that's, or wait, was there multiple things or was it just the puzzle? It was just the puzzle. We had to review that I stupid that wooden puzzle. puzzle. It was the worst. I got, Spoiler alert for that review. Yeah, it, it sucked. It sucks. It's I mean, awful. Sh- that episode was great. but The, the episode, I threw that puzzle. <laughs> I threw that puzzle did. across. Didn't break. Them. Still no, never solved still it. Still never. Actually, by the end of. Did I, you? No. Oh, damn. Um, I almost got a third piece yeah. out, though. Because <laughs> I didn't have a lot to do after yeah, you left. That's and, fair. And I worked a lot on that puzzle. Yeah. Um, but I, I was sitting there, and at one point I was like, oh. Uh, and then the puzzle sort of fell back into place, and I was like, I hate this thing. I hate did this Did you throw puzzle. it again? I did, yeah. Of course. Of course I threw that puzzle. Um, we did. I know we did, we did one. one across the. That was Sean. Okay. We reviewed Sean. We reviewed the puzzle. We reviewed. Oh, we. Uh, dental Destinations? Destinations oh, yeah, yeah. Dental. Dental. Dental Destinations? I think it's Oh, the, man. I think, I, that's terrible that we don't know that. I think it's the other. I think it's Destinations Dental. Because yeah. it, it made more sense to us that yeah, it, yeah. it would be the other yeah, one. Yeah. That's right. She's dating somebody now. She's not watching this. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's all good. <laughs> Um, so yeah, we, we did these four reviews and, uh, one of my good friends, Nicholas Wieser, uh, from being libertarian and Liberty link media group told me that it was probably the best show I have. 
And I laughed so hard when he said that because we did zero prep for this show. I think it's, I, I could feel it because it's more entertainment based. You right. Know, like just, it's basically us just making fun of things. That's what the people want, man. <laughs> have you seen, have you been on the internet lately? I, I mean, it's a lot of people getting hit in the nuts and kids falling off yeah. bikes. By the way, all this communication and NLP stuff's a dying thing. <laughs> it's just pretty soon just going to be like 10 second clips to where you just get bullshit information. <laughs> Everybody wants everything right now. He also used to have a school where he would teach you this. So. Yeah. No longer. No longer. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> but, um, yeah, uh, basically I just wanted to bring you on because, you know, if I'm going to give accolades to somebody, I like to do it in a more public forum than privately. Fair. And, you know, the internet's pretty public. Fair. Granted, my show's not, but. <laughs> <laughs> it's more and, public than mine. That was, it doesn't exist. And, I mean, well, e- every day we're growing. Uh, <laughs> but What are your stats? Uh <laughs> You don't have to answer that. There, our stats are going up. Um, the stats for Muddy Waters Media Group have been been taking a steep climb. So if you guys can do me a favor, like, follow, share, <laughs> recruit friends, please help Matt. Please. Um, but yeah, I just wanted to uh, let you know that I appreciate uh, all that you have done for me. I mean, you've been a really shitty friend at some points, but... Yeah. I, <laughs> But you know, balance, right? Everything in moderation, even moderation. Even moderation, yeah. right? Now I get it. Uh, I think that was the lesson you taught me. Um, and uh, you're just one of my best friends, and I definitely appreciate yeah, everything that you have done for me over the last three and a half years. Yeah. Wow. That doesn't seem right. But that's right. Yeah, no, that's right. <laughs> yeah, if I am hitting four years. Uh-huh. That means it's been three and a half years that we've been... Man, you have seen me through the two worst breakups. You've seen a lot of Adams. I've seen a lot of Adams. <laughs> I've seen a lot of Adams. Um, but, yeah, I just wanted to bring you on, really, because publicly thanking you for yeah, stuff keeps that, me man. from having to do it privately. Yeah. <laughs> Which makes things awkward. We're going to go do it privately now. We are. Um, so... I don't even know what you're working on now. This is how good of friends we are. Um, <laughs> no, it's just a real trick question right now. Yeah. yeah. Do you have anything to plug to my guests? I know if you work in propane or propane accessories in Texas. Yeah, globally, <laughs> if you know anybody that manufactures anything, reach out to me. <laughs> I need a lot of help. <laughs> just say anything. <laughs> Literally anything. It's Literally too... Anything. It's too like broad to define and undefined <laughs> right now. Um, all right. Well, <laughs> I have projects, just they're very scattered. Gotcha. Uh, you can also follow him on Instagram at Baby Greek Does a Thing. Oh, yeah, that's still exists. It still exists. And uh, you can follow us both on Instagram or Facebook at Rogue Views. Rogue Views. That'd be the one I'd recommend. That would be the you'd one get, I'd recommend. You get more content, maybe. Maybe. <laughs> maybe. We need people to give us Kava and then you get content. Um, but, uh, yeah, again, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for being a great friend. Uh, and I'm guessing I'll see you in about a year. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> Our guests can go, oh, it's, it's that time again. Yeah. <laughs> Let's just tune this one out. It's like the Christmas episode. <laughs> right. The Christmas episode that for some reason people listen to this week. Um, again, yeah. Basically, I can't thank you. Enough. Awesome, man. I appreciate yeah. it. Yeah, man. Um, to everybody else, please like, please share, uh, 
Don't forget that we have new episodes of Muddied Waters of Freedom every Tuesday with the new co-host, Spike Cohen. Uh, awesome. <laughs> this is pre-recorded, so nobody knows yeah. that yet. Um, also, on Wednesdays, you can watch Spike on My Fellow Americans. And then on Thursdays, we have brand new episodes, really exciting guests coming up. Um, but I can't tell you who they are yet because I don't have them scheduled. But <laughs> Stay tuned to stay, find out stay, who they are. Stay tuned <laughs> to find out who they are um, every Thursday. And uh, new and exciting content coming out all the time. And we've got a couple of new writers that are supposed to start writing. I don't know if that's actually going to happen, but hopefully they do. And uh, that would be amazing for multiple reasons. And so just keep up uh, to date with everything. Muddied Waters Media has got a lot of great stuff coming out for you guys. Uh, and thank you all so much for listening. Oh, uh, Facebook.com forward slash Muddied Waters of Freedom. Instagram, Muddied Waters of Freedom. Twitter, Muddied at Muddied underscore Waters or all day, every day at muddiedwatersoffreedom.com. Uh, so get back to writing because it is the absolute best way that we can make a difference. I am, I am swinging from a seven-story window, throwing parties in a ten-by-seven cell. It's astounding the legs I'll go to convince the whole damn world I don't need anybody's help. Yeah, I am waving while I drown. Don't bother swimming out to save me. I will only drag you down. I'll try to use your body as a life raft. If there's room enough for one, there must be room enough for two. I'll sail the good ship you into the sunset. Sipping on savory waters till my liver turns blue.